This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. It's a Wednesday, and we've got things to do, but I'm here talking with you. Hey, it rhymes. Let's see. I hope you're all having a good day so far, and I wanted to talk about my Monday game for a minute, for about 10 minutes, or something like that, I don't know. We just ended a two-year campaign. I mentioned this in previous shows. This was a 5e game, and it consisted of two campaign arcs, one which was Curse of Strahd, and the other one was Tomb of Annihilation. And I've got to say that this game was probably, this campaign was probably one of the best campaigns I have ever been involved with, player or DM. A lot of credit goes to our DM, Carlos, but I also credit the rest of the players, too, including my grandson, Gage. He came in later on near the end of Curse of Strahd and stayed with us through Tomb of Annihilation. He's the one who lost a character. I think he's the only one who lost a character. But it was just, it kind of blew my mind thinking about it because it hit all the right beats for what makes a great campaign. It was unbelievable. I mean, we ended st- we did the classic started out at first level and by the end of the run, 2 years later, our characters are all 20th level and retired. I mean, this that's classic. I know of very few campaigns that get to that point. And it's it was remarkable. We had a good mix of characters, too. We had a paladin magic user. We had a cleric. We had a thief, had a monk. We had a half-orc sorcerer, who was very, very good with the counterspell. And I played a barbarian. And, yeah, it's 5e. I mean, that's that kind of blows my mind. It was 5e. But it had really not much to do with the system. We had the tools. It's what we did with them. We would go in there, and several nights, Carlos, our DM, would tell us how he either beefed up the monsters or afterwards had to beef up the stuff to keep up with our growing, our growing characters and growing experience. Because, you know, 5e will pile you on with feats and special abilities and things as you get better. But you know what? That never affected the game. I mean, it affected the game the fact that we had a lot of tactical stuff to do, but so did the other side. We were running up against things with legendary actions and legendary resistances. And more than once, one of our party got the whammy put on him. Our, our thief was probably the biggest butt monkey in the whole game. Yet he survived and thrived. Let's see. 
He got charmed by Strahd, which lasted practically the entire Curse of Strahd campaign. He got lycanthropy twice and was cured. He had a god running around. Actually, two or three of them had gods running around their heads, and so did he. He had a curse in, by the time we got to Tomb of Annihilation, he had a curse that would that other people would get too, but mostly he was the, the main one who where he would lose hit points for no reason. Like once like a month. You, you would he was he was all right with okay, let's get this done before I die. He was all right with that. So a lot of things happened to him and things happened to other characters too. And we had our goodies, we had our magic and stuff like that. And it just, it didn't, it, it, it enhanced us. It did not be the be-all and end-all. Our cleric had a, it was a spiritual weapon, spiritual weapon. And ordinarily it was a hammer, but he had a spirit living side of it that would manifest itself and be the power of the spiritual weapon. And it was this whole grizzled cowboy. And he had a chart he'd rolled on and see, okay, he comes out with the six guns. Okay, he comes out with the shotgun. Sometimes he didn't come out at all. But it was basically Yosemite Sam and a hammer. And and he helped him along. Other people helped us along. My grandson, as the monk, I mean, as the druid first, but later as the monk, just exhibited some... He exhibited such knowledge and tactical sense and good decision-making that I was surprised. He, he's fi- he started out, he was 14, he's 15 now. I know, I know. yeah, that's, that's the right age for it. But still, I was like, wow, you can really think tactically. That's my boy. Our paladin, the leader of the group, he could rally people behind him like no other. Plus, he had a sunblade and a lot of other magic to back him up. And let me tell you, these were this was not a munchkin campaign. I felt that we earned every single one of those magic items and special abilities that we got because we really had to go. He put us through the ringer. That last battle was one for the ages. I myself had a character, a barbarian, who was basically Drax the Destroyer as a barbarian. And he, his, his thing is he... he got the totem of the bear. He worshipped a bear god, a bear totem. Everybody else worshipped Helm because that's what the Fallon was following. And through the that's the remarkable thing about the game. Through the game, everybody learned to follow Helm. Everybody followed Helm, including the thief. And he came to reconcile with that. But me, yeah, I followed Helm as a minor deity because nothing trumped my bear god. And my bear god was a good god. It got to the point where he basically said, I'm going to bless you with something. And he turned me into a werebear that I could trigger whenever I wanted. We sa- I sat down with the DM. We figured out what his powers were and how often I could do this. And I knew well enough not to do it all the time. But I did have my rages. I had things like rages, indomitable, my indomitable, this, that, and the other thing. I had a whole laundry list of things. So did everybody else. But we knew how to use them technically. And we u- knew how to... I mean, it was almost a. T- Sometimes when we get to these big bands, it was almost a tennis match. I could not, as far as I see, I had my character had his strength, dex, and con got up to 20, 18, 18 eventually. But my mental attributes were more normal. They were like 
10, 11, 12 and stuff, but I had really good roles. <laughs> so it was almost a joke saying, okay, they can't do anything to him because his head's too thick. I had one of those guys try and take over me, and he found out there was a bear inside of my head, and he left. So, and the, the guys that were co- we were going up against, I mean, first of all, Strahd, okay, in his many incarnations, we must have kicked his butt about five times, and last time, we put him down for good. We had to put down a lich for good in the same game, and there were many, many moments, there were moments of humor. My character became a, went to Chalton, became a dinosaur jockey. We had one point in Barovia, we had to steal this wedding dress for some reason or another. The thief did it and had to wear it while he stole it. My grandson's druid found this little doll that came to life that didn't like him and pushed him downstairs. He didn't die, but he hurt a lot. So there were so many memorable moments and so many hero moments. In fact, one of our players... One of the players, that I think it was a thief, he said, you know, I just started this. I just started going with you guys because I was just trying to make some money. And we got on this journey to go to the to the Tomb of Annihilation just to see what I could find for treasure and stuff like that. But that became secondary because he says, I'm not an adventurer. And the Paladin says, no, you're a hero. And late in the game... And the climax, my grandson's monk, he could do things like climb like Spider-Man on the wall and things on the side of the wall and stuff to avoid the the molten lava we were over. And the 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 DM said, oh, you're on this one area. You see something shiny in the corner. What do you do? He said, I ignore it because he was focused on taking down the bad guys. And a lot of us looked at each other and said, we are heroes. He's ignoring treasure. And there was so much character development in this game. I haven't seen character development like in the game like this since I've been on stage or watching something really good on TV or something. And at the end, we became, we were all level 20. We went our separate ways. Some of them stayed in Chult in the, in the village. Some of them went back to Waterdeep. I know the thief and the paladin went back to Waterdeep. The thief started building his own thiefly, not a thieves guild, but more of an information broker type thing. But he still worshipped Helm. The paladin came back to do Helm's good work with the temple and stuff, and he was made a secret lord of Waterdeep. Wow. I stayed in, my character, the barbarian, he stayed in Chult as a dinosaur racer. He had his own mount, Nasty Boy, who, who was something of a T-Rex. And him and Nasty Boy were like, it was almost his his um, animal companion. He had a connection because he's a barbarian. He would also, on the side, take people out into Chult, into the jungle, to show them the barbaric survival skills. Show them how to survive in the jungle. Show them how to be a man, I guess, or something like that. And the monk, my, my grandson's character, he stayed with him. He stayed with him just to help him out. And he did that, too. He showed people the way... I mean, because he took like three levels of barbarian along with his umpteen levels of monk. And so he could show them how to be sneaky and such in a jungle and a city setting. And, oh, let us not forget our half-orc sorcerer who went on to Waterdeep to... No, he stayed in Chult and established the School of Sorcery to help out sorcerers. 
who didn't have anywhere else to, to turn because the, the, the mage community pretty much shut them out. So he, stu- he stayed there and helped out. He, he established his own school. And we all, I mean, it was almost, it was almost heartbreaking saying goodbye to those characters. And we all gave the character sheets to the DM. He says, I'm hanging out of these. We may do a one-shot one of these days where we'll bring the band back together for something that's really catastrophic. But he says, if I run 5e again, you're all, you're all going to be making new characters. So that's my ode to a great campaign. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention. My friend Jimbo, who was playing the cleric, at one point was using dice from a late friend of ours, Mike, who I had the pleasure of running games for and, and playing with, who we lost in a car crash a couple of years ago. And I always felt that he was there fighting the good fight with us. So I dedicate this show to him. God bless you, Mike. Okay. I think it's time to start my day. And let me tell you, if you want to talk about this or you want to mention a campaign that you remember... Give me, a, give me a voicemail here at Anchor, or give me an email over at oldmangrognor at gmail.com. And we are monetized, so like I said, as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this show. And I would appreciate that myself. All right, until we see each other next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognor at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.